0: Welcome to Publishing Gribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Marlene Benson. In this episode, I'm talking to Park Howell, a 30-year advertising veteran, trusted brand story strategist, and sought-after speaker on story marketing. Park is the founder of the Business of Story platform, and he has helped international brands like Coca-Cola, Bio Pharmaceuticals, Cummins Diesel, American Express, and the United States Air Force craft and tell compelling stories that sell. He is also the professor of storytelling in the Executive Masters of Sustainability Leadership at Arizona State University. When I first met Park, we immediately connected. I quickly realized that Park walks the talk and he uses story to build relationships. I invited Park on the show because I know how personal brands and brands in general are struggling to find the right words and messages that people will relate to. So what you can expect from this episode is the do's and don'ts when using stories to build your personal brand. Let's jump into the interview. So, Park, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, I am looking so much forward to uh, talking to you about the business of story. So, maybe first, could you tell me a little bit about what is it that you do in your business? Who are you serving and how are you helping them?
1: Absolutely. Well, I've been in the branding, advertising, marketing world for about 35 years, and I really discovered the power of story to help brands stand out by creating a narrative about what they stand for. And I, I found that while I was running my ad agency here in Phoenix, Arizona, which I ran for 20 years, and I started learning and studying this in the early 2000s. I was so fascinated by how the power of story and branding and business development and leadership communication that I pivoted away from my agency in 2016 and started the business of story and now I solely consult, teach, coach and speak on the power of story and I do this around the world everything from master classes to keynote speaking I've got a book coming out in June I've got a new online course and my whole goal is to help as many leaders of purpose driven brands excel through the stories they tell
0: so you work with both a uh... Everything from solopreneurs to big corporations?
1: Yes. And, and the way I break them down is really three primary markets. The emerging company, a mom and pop company that's been around maybe five to 10 years and they're doing maybe five to 50 million in revenue and they're growing really fast. Um, they're They're adding people and they're trying to get them all pulling in the same direction. And they're actually looking for investment to help fund that growth. So they've got to have a powerful story. To, you know, to tell their investors to get them to invest. Another big market of mine are solopreneurs or executives, purpose-driven executives that are trying to carve out their niche in the world to grow their influence, to amplify their impact, and ultimately, to simplify their life. And the only way that I've learned in my 35 years of doing that is to truly understand your story, what you stand for, and how you can help people achieve what they want in their world. So that's what I do. I train people and show them how to do that in their world. Think of it as concentric circles. So I start at the bullseye, and that's between your ears as a solopreneur or an executive. Do you have your brand story completely clear in your mind as to who you are, what you stand for, and where you're headed? That's job number one to really truly understand that. What are you the only person that that does what? That what is your core superpower, and how do you share that with the world? And then go out the next band. Now, if you've got an employees in a company, you've got to get them to buy into this brand story first. You know, after after you have before you go to those outside external audiences.
0: So, how can you use stories to build human connections to draw people closer to you?
1: Well, you know, we are storytelling apes, basically. Storytelling is the only thing that separates us from all of the other hominids out there and most organisms because we are able to think in imagined realities, they call them. You know, what does tomorrow look like? What does the next week look like? Futuring, which is total and utter fiction until we actually experience it. But our jobs as human beings is to connect people together with what that imagined reality is and then take them there and deliver on the promises we make in our stories. So think about it. Whenever you hear a story about an individual, a moment in time that something happened to them, good, bad, or indifferent, a surprising outcome from that action that took place and the aha moment that results, that what you learn In just the telling of that story, just imagine in your own mind how that connects you with the person sitting across from you. When you hear their story, you start creating this understanding for who they are and where they are on their journey, which then leads to empathy. Like, oh, I never knew that about you. Or gosh, I experienced the exact same thing. And so you have this connection that other creatures just don't make because they do not have the power of story. What I've learned in all my years in business, only the very best brands and the very best leaders actually were applying and using and leveraging story. The rest of us didn't. We were winging it. We were, we were hoping our intuitive storyteller was going to win the day for us. And now what I teach is move, evolve from being an intuitive storyteller that's already built into, into an intentional one. By using frameworks like I have in my little book here that teaches you three narrative frameworks on how you can do a better job of connecting with audiences. Because, you know, really storytelling is the one and only cerebral tool we have to connect with that person sitting across from us.
0: It just that little workbook that is available on your website?
1: It is. Absolutely. People can go to the businessofstory.com. And under the tools section, you'll see where you can um, either download a PDF of it, or you can order one, we'll have, be happy to send it out to you, or you can order a bundle of them for your team and get everybody starting to work and build their storytelling.
0: I will make sure to, to link to that in the show notes. So stories, how, how is it one brand story I need, or do I need a set of stories? How many stories do I need to create in my business?
1: Think about this, uh, do you like going to movies very much? all right? Think of that overall movie narrative you go to that takes you from the moment you sit down and buy your popcorn and start watching to the time you're done and you're leaving with tears in your eyes or you're exhilarated about you know what you just watched in the car chase scene or whatever That is your overall brand narrative that is that overarching piece that you have to develop to really understand what your narrative is. To make that movie work are hundreds of little scenes in there that pull on the heartstrings, take you from one place to another, one place to another. When you stack those scenes together, you end up with this overall brand narrative. So what I like to teach is to first understand your script, you know, your screenplay. What is your overall brand narrative? So no matter where you talk about it or share it with people, you are taking them on a journey to a place they actually want to go. And then once you create that narrative framework, you start and you fill it full of all of these little, what I call success scenes. These little moments in time where your brand has shown up to have a tremendous positive impact in the people you serve. And these moments are little stories, little anecdotal, you know, moments that says, um, you know, on this day, this happened in this particular location to so-and-so, what they were hoping to get out of life was this, but the big surprise was this happened to them. Therefore, I was there to help them with the product or service, and they lived happily ever after, or they got what they want. When you tell these little bite-sized stories, it supports your overall brand narrative, but you have to start with your overall brand narrative. Think about it. Is your brand narrative, think of it as genres? Is it family-friendly? Is it action and adventure? Is it love? Is it financial? I mean, what is it that you do to help people? What is the genre of your brand narrative? And how do you understand it and share it so well that it makes you stand out amongst all the other narratives out there? Then you go back and you drop in all of these little stories, depending on where your audience is on their customer journey and who you are talking to and what channels you're using. But they're all true stories about your real-world impact on the people you serve.
0: That makes sense. So in terms of uh, sales funnels, do you use those stories in all parts of your sales funnels? I want you to be thinking about it in all parts of your, your sales
1: funnel. So you can use very, a very simple and, but, therefore, technique that, again, is trained in this particular book At the very top of your sales funnel, when you don't have a lot of time to gain a lot of attention, so you want to do it very quickly, you want to hack through the noise in the world and hook the hearts of your prospect right there to pull them into the funnel. Now, you've made a promise in that premise of that and button, therefore, right up top. So that next step down is you might deliver a little win for them, a little success scene where someone else has achieved something just like they're looking to achieve. And then as you get deeper into it, your story expands and scales with them. But you've got to be thinking about is really, when I look at it, I, I know when you go through the customer journey, there can be as many as nine different stops. When I look at it for a very high level for brand story development, I think of it as three primary areas. And there may be three then or separate sub areas in these, but this is all I ask people to think about. Brand awareness, when did they first learn about you? And what is the story they're already maybe telling themselves that you need to either amplify or counteract? Brand adoption. Okay, I'm going to try you. I'm going to buy into. So what is the story there and how you help them along their journey? And then it's brand appreciation. When they start coming back for repeat business, and maybe even more importantly, start sharing your story with other people through free word of mouth marketing to help. Expand and grow your brand is to to grow your storytelling, so I think about the funnel that way you've gotta hook them right up top, and then, as they get deeper into it, share even more robust stories that are appropriate to them. You've gotta really understand who they are and empathize with them on where they are in their journey, so that you can help deliver you know the promises you make in your storytelling
0: How have you done this in your own business is Is this how you have grown your business?
1: Yeah, it really is. In fact, in my book that will be coming out in June, I outline everything, not only how you can do it in your business, but I use my business as an example of how I do it here, Business's story. Plus, I share a whole ton of case studies within that book of other clients that I've helped and how they do it too. So we probably don't have time to completely explain how I do it here, but people can look for that book. It's called Brand Bewitchery. How to wield the story cycle system to craft spellbinding stories for your brand. It'll take you every everywhere from that overarching brand narrative we talked about to where to spot and find those little stories in the wild and then how to share them very, very uh, effectively. I mean, I've had some brands, some of my brands grow as much as 400 to 600% once they got their brand dialed in.
0: Okay. We will put a link to somewhere. Can people pre-order it?
1: Um, yes, I don't have that up yet. So I will, as soon as I get that up, I'll definitely let you know about it.
0: Yes. And we can add it to the show notes then. Yes. So, um, can, what, what are the biggest mistakes you can make when you're creating your stories?
1: Well, thinking it's a story. and It's actually not a story. And that happens to all of us, especially in business. You know, in business, we're taught to lead with our logical left brain, be rational, Sell our features and functions with a little bit of benefits, you know, sprinkled in. But I got to ask you, when was the last time you were bored into buying anything? <laughs> when we do that, when we lead with features and functions and logic, we bore our audiences to death. So I get people to shift that paradigm of business to think about emotion because people buy with their hearts and they justify that, their purchases with their heads. So what people will do is come out and they think they're telling a story when all they're doing is running through a litany of bullet points on the features and functions of their product. A story is about a person in a moment in time that something happens, a surprise, awareness comes from that happening of that outcome, and that then underscores the business point you're trying to make. So let me give you an example. So I asked one lady from Johnson and Johnson, a very, very large company here in America. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you give me, you know, an example of, of how you use storytelling? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, you know, for instance, um, when people are on our production line and if there's ever a problem at all, they all have the power to push a button to stop that production line, to bring in the quality assurance and safety people to make sure that, you know, everything is safe. And then when it's good to go, they hit the the green button and off it goes. again. That's the mistake. That's not a story. That's, that's just, that's just opinion and assertion. How much more powerful is it? If I said, well, for instance, anybody on our production line has the authority to stop it at any time, if they suspect any quality or safety problems, for instance, Last February in Nashville, Julia was running our floor care products line, and she saw glass shards on the belt, and she was quite alarmed. She thought for a second, what should I do? Should I stop it or, oh, my God, am I going to lose my job if I do that? She said, no, I'm going to do it, and she hit that button, but she was also afraid that maybe this would impact her career. there. Well, her manager showed up. They saw the problem at hand. That production line was shut down for two days until we got it fixed. But just imagine if Julia was not empowered to hit that button and we had glass shards going out in our products, how big of a problem that would have been to us. So you know what we did with Julia? At the next all-employee gathering in Nashville, we commended her and gave her a, a, a citation because that is what we stand for at Johnson & Johnson. What's the difference in the product storytelling right there? The first one's not a story. No. The first one's just like, yeah, whatever. This is what we all do in business. The second one takes you to a time when something happened. You know, last February, and by the way, I'm just totally making this up. (laughs) Last February, a location stamp in Nashville. That triggers our Homo sapiens storytelling brain to say, oh, Park's telling me a story. I identified a central character, Julia. It's not about a bunch of people. It's not about all the people on the production line. It's not about the whole organization. It's about one person. And then the action, having to shut down the line, her trepidation in doing that, but she did it anyways. And then the surprise in her own mind that she actually got rewarded for it. And that's how we demonstrate that we give complete authority, autonomy, and accountability to our line workers. Do you see the difference there?
0: Yeah, totally. I I felt that I can immediately immediately I get images in my head when you tell the story, the, and and I I could I, I almost feel that the first time you told which was not a story, it was my left side of the brain that was just taking the facts and analyzing the facts and recalling this is some lean framework he's talking about, but I wasn't into it. I was thinking about it on my own part, not inside the story. The second time you told it, I I saw her. What does she look like?
1: You know (laughs) what I did there? This is why I call it my work, the applied science and bewitchery of storytelling. The applied science are the frameworks that I teach. That look, there is something you can use and apply immediately in your work. But the bewitchery is firing up. Have you ever heard the term the theater of the mind? When somebody tells you a story, you picture it, you Mm -hmm. viscerally feel Mm -hmm. it, you are emotionally connected with it. And even when I made up the name, this false person, Julia, you probably even made up a picture of her in your mind.
0: Yeah.
1: Now you and I, even though we're communicating through Zoom, you're in Denmark. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. We couldn't be more worlds apart but I was able to magically connect with you Mm. and you had empathy for Julia in the telling of that story and a greater appreciation for the Johnson and Johnson brand that they would afford her that kind of power to make the difference in the world that she made that day on that assembly line.
0: Yeah. 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 Good story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all have these. That's the thing. We all have these in our world that's why it's first important to figure out what your overall brand narrative is what journey you are on and then go and find the stories where you have helped people on that journey and tell those little moments when did where did it happen or when did it happen where did it happen who one person did it happen to what was the action that took place what was the surprising outcome and how does it all, you know support your overall brand point or position or offering or the
0: business point you're trying to make at that time. And I believe, did I recognize your, what is it you call it? The A B T? The AND button, therefore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very, very simple, powerful mechanism I learned from Dr. Randy Olson um, that uses the three structures of story of setup problem resolution, that problem resolution dynamic, which is, by the way, three acts. Act one is always set up or exposition. You want to get through it as quickly as possible, but you want to set the stage for your story. Act two is the problem, you know, that your 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 protagonist, the main character in your story, has to overcome to achieve something, and act three is then the resolution. How did they overcome it and what did you as an audience member learn in that process? So you can do this in two sentences. Here's mine. I've been in the advertising branding world for 35 years and have helped lots of purpose-driven brands grow through the influence of mass media. That's my act one setup. But here's the problem I solve for. But technology has completely leveled the playing field. Now the masses are the media, and they are creating a cacophony of communication that we all compete in in this day and age therefore here's the solution at the business of story i consult teach coach and speak on the primal power of story to hack through the noise and hook the hearts of your customers to move them to action set up problem resolution is perfect story structure it's not a story like julia that i just told you but it sets, it, it plays to the structure in our brains on how we want to digest and make meaning out of the madness of being human beings. Set up and problem, but resolution, therefore, this is what we do. Then what I would do typically after I do the ABT, then I say, for instance, let me tell you about Sarah. And then I would take you to a story where I help somebody, you know, to to, to clarify their story and have the impact they want in the world.
0: So you mentioned that we have to go find those stories. I guess some will say, but I don't have any stories. And others will suffer from too many stories. How do you know which one is the right one?
1: And everybody has lots and lots of stories. When they say I don't have any stories, that's just an excuse. They are afraid to share their real stories. They're afraid uh, to be who they are. If they just take time, stop and look for the little moments in their lives that have shaped who they are today, that's the best place to start. They're going to start finding those stories come together. In fact, I did a TEDx talk a couple of years ago um, titled, Stop Looking for Your Stories and Start Finding Your Scenes, those little moments that have shaped who you are today in the world. So, for instance, 1970. I was nine years old to date me. I grew up in the rainy, cold Pacific Northwest. And I can specifically remember one Wednesday afternoon, we had moved to a beautiful 12-acre ranchette out in Woodenville, Washington by Seattle. A part of that is we had horses. My dad wanted us to build this cedar fence around the place. So me and my two other brothers after school had to go out and I had my 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 uh, post hole digger and I was digging out that mud and the rain was coming out and the typical nine-year-old, I'm whining about it. And I'm saying, this is crap. I shouldn't have to do this. And My dad comes home and he's got a big smile on his face and he's in the construction business, civil engineer, heavy construction. And he always, always had a happy face. He came over, hi, Park, how you doing? And me being that, you know, little nine-year-old said, dad, this is stupid. I can't believe I have to do this. And you know what my dad said to me? he stopped for a second. He said one thing. He said, Park, pick up that shovel or someone else will. And he turned off and he walked into the house. So my dad was born in the Depression era in North Dakota, had absolutely nothing and was very much a self-made man through hard work and effort. And that's all that, that he's told us. You know, That's what he instilled in us. He was paying us a few bucks an hour to do it. So we were making money. But his point was, Park, if you're lazy, if you're not willing to do the hard things in life, someone else is going to come in and pick up that shovel and do it, and you're going to be out of your air. You're going to be out on a job. And I have used that in my life in building my first, my ad agency and the work I'm doing now at the business of Story. And that's why I call myself the most the world's most industrious storyteller, uh, because I bring industry and effort to it. And that is the one thing that has served me throughout my entire life, is that that effort. But I can take you to that little story. Now, I went on a little bit longer than I needed to with it because I was having fun telling you. Um, But I can tell that story in under a minute. And it takes me to a little moment in time that informs who I am today. You have these stories. Everybody has these stories. And just watch my TEDx Gilbert talk and you'll see And in there I show you how to tell those stories as well. So that's why I never buy into the excuse, I don't have any stories or nobody wants to hear my story wrong, wrong, and wrong. You have amazing stories. They might not seem amazing to you, but just start sharing them with people and you'll see just how amazing they really are.
0: So what would be the first step to take if I want to identify which ones are the most relevant or interesting for my audience?
1: Well, you need to start with your brand narrative. What is your one thing? What do you do differently and more distinctively than anybody else? to stand out. What is your superpower in how you help people? Then the second step is who is your audience? Identify that number one most important audience in your life and understand them. Think think about them through an author's mind or a screenwriter's mind. Who are they? What do they wish for in their world? What do they want to have to fulfill that wish? Where are they on their journey? Why don't they have it? And how can I help them get until you take the time to really understand that, your stories may well fall flat because you're just winging them. You're just throwing them out there to share a story. The trick here is you want to share a story that your audience can live through and connect vicariously with the character in the story, whether that's about you, about a customer of yours, about an employee, whomever, um, that they can connect with and live vicariously through. So when they're done, they can go, wow, that's just like me. Well, that's exactly what I want to attain in life. But until you take the time to understand your brand narrative and then truly empathize with that person sitting across from you, your stories may well fall flat. But once you've done that, now you've got an arsenal of stories and you know which ones to pick out of your quiver to share depending on who your audience is.
0: I think sometimes I have heard people tell stories and they tell them... um, I was almost saying quite well, but uh, but then not that well. <laughs> Anyways, uh, who should be the hero in those stories? Well,
1: great question. It always starts with your audience. So no matter what you're doing, you are thinking about your audience. And the stories you tell, your audience has to connect with. So if it's a customer sitting across from you and through some you know inquisitive listening, where you understand who they are and what they're about and where they are in their journey, and you pull up a story that mirrors their life or what they want out of life, and then you tell that story because they place themselves, like you did with Julia's story, in the story. They live vicariously through the hero. Lisa Cron, who is a marvelous professor of writing at University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, wrote a book called Wired for Story* primarily for fiction writers. But what she wanted to communicate to them is our brains are hardwired to take in stories, so here's how you should structure them. She said something to the effect in that book that I absolutely love. Lisa said, we live vicariously through the heroes in the stories we consume so that we can try on their trouble to learn what we would do in case it ever happens to us And we get to do that from the privacy and safety of our easy chair. That's why we love to consume these stories because our brains are going, oh, my goodness. Now, I may never be fighting Darth Vader with a lightsaber, but that's simply a metaphor for the other Darth Vaders in in my life and my tools that I have as lightsabers to try to overcome them. That's why we get so sucked into really well-told stories. But you got to understand your audience first. Who are they? What do they wish for and want in their life? What is holding them back? How can you help them and tell a story that demonstrates how you're going to help them
0: fulfill their wish? Beautiful. Is is there any uh, media, any channels that are more suitable for using stories to attracting people to your business?
1: Well, no. I mean... It really depends on your business and where your audience is, where they like to consume information. I don't really lean to any one channel over another. If you're a B two B provider, then you're probably going to be on LinkedIn quite a bit. You know, if you're B two B and B two C, then you might be LinkedIn and, and Facebook. You might then be playing in Instagram. Here's my biggest problem with Instagram. While I love it, the imagery when they say, "Let me tell you an Instagram story," there's no story going on there. It's just, it's just. Panel after panel of more just bah, information coming at you. It's information overload. It's just let me throw as much crap as you as I can. Nobody actually tells a story. So that would be a challenge for one of your listeners. If you're going to use an Instagram story. Do your first, you know, map it out. Your first frame should be the setup. Your next frame should be the problem. What in the world are you overcoming in this process? The third frame is the resolution, how you did that. You make those kinds of stories, then you'll have a real impact. But I really think you can do, I know you can share stories in every possible medium out there. Not one is better than the other. It really just depends on where your audiences are and how they like to consume your stories.
0: At the social media and marketing world, which we both attended recently, you as a speaker, me more as a listener, Uh, And as a runner with my book. (laughs) Congratulations on your new book, by the way. That's fantastic. Thank you. So uh, Jay Bear was talking about three types of content, one of them being binge worthy content. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that was both about Netflix, Disney Plus, all of those channels growing uh, extremely. But I also thought about The way we use YouTube, we want to keep people on the platform, so we we kind of end this end the video or end the story or whatever we're explaining. Quite often, they're not stories, but end Mm -hmm. the video with the next video, a a podcast where you can people are binge consuming that as well, right? We we usually don't listen to one episode; you listen to Mm ten from the same person. Could we somehow build suspense into those stories? Or should we close a story within each episode? Well,
1: you know, um, it can work either way. It, it, it's hard when you're starting to now knit together a whole bunch of stories uh, to make that happen. Unless you're a professional Hollywood storyteller or whatever, you've got a lot of practice at it. My, I guess my recommendation to your listeners is start small, start simple, because these little anecdotes that you tell are extraordinarily powerful. And leave the big, long content that takes a lot of time and effort to put together to other people, because I don't think you really need it, especially if you're a solopreneur and you're just starting out and you're trying to get your feet underneath you. The audiences, our audiences today, you know, um, just don't have a lot of time. They're not going to give you a lot of attention. So try to hook them very quickly with an and button, therefore and a simple little story that they can relate to and digest within a minute to a minute and a half. And then if they like that, they're going to watch your next one and your next one and your next one. You're going to hook them that way. I wouldn't worry about the Netflix and the Amazons of the world. That's a whole other level. And I'm not even sure that that's going to work for your
0: business. Okay. So uh, what would be your number one tip to make marketing
1: human? Tell a story. Think about your your the, the human sitting across from you and what do they care about? What do they emotionally wish for in their life? What do they physically want to purchase or buy into to make that wish happen? And then share a real world story about how you've done that exact same thing for other people to demonstrate that you can deliver and fulfill that wish for them.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, I was almost want to get on a, Give it a try with your A, B, T. Oh, let's do, do it. Right? Absolutely. So uh, on this day during the coronavirus 2020, I had this amazing person that I interviewed for my podcast, Park Howell. And I enjoyed so much what he was saying, but we didn't have enough time. So I uh, therefore I asked him, where should people go to get more information about you?
1: That was beautifully done. Thank you. And we didn't, I did not script that. She did that all on her own. And what you did is you used the three dynamics of and with the setup, but here's the problem. Therefore, what do we do next? And that resolution is please visit me at businessofstory.com. That's businessofstory.com. And I'm excited to let your listeners know I have a brand new Online course that I launched at social media marketing world that will take them on 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 a journey to to one destination but with two paths so the new online course the new business to story online course will help them dial in their overall overarching brand narrative, and in each one of those steps, I also teach them a storytelling technique and framework so that once they have their narrative dialed in. They know how to share it with the world in these small little bite-sized stories that are irresistible.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. So everybody in the audience, go check out the small workbook. The book, as soon as we have a link for that, we're going to put that in the show notes, and also your website with that course. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Can I offer up one more thought? Yeah that
1: as they're growing as storytellers, the most potent story they will ever tell is the story they tell themselves. So make sure it's a great one. Thanks for having me.
0: I love that one. Thank you. So that was the interview with Park Howell. I hope you enjoyed it. In the show notes, you can find all the relevant links to connect with Park. In the next episode, Mark Schaeffer will be on the show to talk human marketing and business resilience, among many other things. If you have listened to the previous episodes in which I share the first parts of the Marketing Made Human book, you already know who Mark is. I do not take for granted that you are spending your time with me today, so thank you so much for that. If you know another business owner who would benefit from this show, make sure that you share the link to the podcast with that person. Thank you so much. May you continue to be who you really are and prosper in your business because of that. Bye for now.